0: The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times, entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Castor. to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I'm thrilled about today's guest. He's a permaculture expert and an eco-village developer who has designed self-sustaining food forests and edible landscapes in over 40 states and well over 15 countries. He also happens to be a national wrestling champion and four-time All-American and inducted into the National Hall of Fame. Today's guest is Jim Gale. He's the chief storyteller at Food Forest Abundance. His mission is to inspire people all over the world to grow their own food. We talk about so much in this episode. Everything from the strategy of Food Forest Abundance that has the potential to end world hunger, reverse mass extinction, and be free from manipulation of governing bodies, to self-reliance and being a part of a solution, not only for your own health, and your family's health, but also for the entire planet. Jim's an advocate for using our resources wisely. And he talks about buying seeds and growing food ourselves and how that's such a great return of investment, not only in cash, but for food security and our health. Jim Gale also happened to outline a plan of action that he would propose to Elon Musk on how to end world hunger. So, join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Jim Gale. Enjoy. Well, Jim, thank you so much for doing this and uh, be you know making some time to do it, man.
1: I love it, man. Thank yeah. you for, for instigating this whole thing. It's beautiful.
0: Heck yeah, man. Uh, so for those uh, tuning in, you know, the listeners and the viewers, can you share a little bit of who you are and what it is you do? So my name is Jim
1: Gale, and I am a passionate advocate for food forests everywhere. And throughout the course of this chat, I will define why. and And I'll just start by saying, what I'm going to present to you today is the answer to all the world's biggest problems. And it's demonstrable. It's a fact. That's not a hypothesis. That's a provable, demonstrable fact. And my joyful duty is to inspire and empower you to take steps towards your own freedom.
0: Ah, love that. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Heck yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we can jump right in if we want to talk about food forest abundance. I mean, gosh, um, you're doing some incredible work, in my opinion, um, and what you're trying to do for the world. Um, And also, what I find extra wonderful is for the individual. Yes. You know and you there's this focus on the individual you know yeah. and it's in it's, it's such a liberating sovereign uh experience um in what it is you're tackling so um can you tell us a little bit about food forest abundance yes
1: yeah, so food forest abundance is um basically what we do is we design and install edible landscapes or food forests and you know, we have about 40 to 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. When we turn 30 to 50 percent of that lawn, let's say we work the edges of our yards, into regenerative edible landscapes or food forests. We reverse mass extinction and deforestation and cancer and diabetes and heart disease, and we end world hunger simply by using our resources wisely. So uh, learning this process about 14 years ago, I red-pilled, I had my first two daughters, and I learned permaculture all in the same year,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. So I learned, and, and in permaculture, you, we like to turn the problem into the solution, right? Yes. Our, to define the problem. And there's two different theories on the focus, Why Einstein said, if I have an hour to solve a problem, I'll spend the first 55 minutes defining the problem so I know exactly what the problem is. And then I'll spend the next five minutes figuring out the solution, right? I love that philosophy Um, to a certain point. At a certain point, Tony Robbins is right. He says, I spend 5% of my time on the problem and 95% of my time on the solution. So you got two pretty smart people who are saying what sounds to be the exact opposite when it's really not. You have to understand the problem to know how to solve it. So Einstein was right that way. But then once you know the problem, spending more time diving into the problem is painful. And that's what I went through for years, practically a decade, actually. Um so my what what I'm bringing to the world is my my struggle with finding out what the problem is which we can define on the show, and then what is the solution and how to create actionable steps and to inspire and really it's to catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of food for us everywhere.
0: love that oh, it's wonderful um and so. You know, in your in your view um and your experience, you know, we talk about the problem, right? We got to figure out what is that problem and how do you feel you were able to come to the problem? Yeah.
1: So um, <laughs> so when I was I had my first daughters and I it made me ask new questions about the world, like mm-hmm. what's the world gonna be like in 10, 20, or 30 years, a hundred years. And when I started studying permaculture at the same time, I realized that the way we're using Earth's resources is radically unsustainable. And then back, this is back when I wasn't awake to the the catalyst for this destruction. And I was like, gosh, why are we doing this? Why are we poisoning our soil, our air, our water, and especially our minds? Why are we poisoning our own minds with the poisons? And the ultimate mind poison is fear. Mm. Right? Well, then I started learning about, I, I red-pilled, and I started learning about the families that have been in control through their vehicles called Governmente. Govern means to manage or control, and mente means mind. What's the exact opposite of mind control? It's a free mind. It's enlightenment, right? But here's the scam. This is the biggest metaphysical scam of all time. Only one person can be enlightened. And the rest of you, you have to go through our structure that we've created so you can get to heaven, which is just such a bunch of bullshit, (laughs) right? So we're in, thank God for the apocalypse, the ascension. And this is what's happening as the vibrations raise in humanity. In fact, um, Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Yes. I don't think he actually said that. I, and here's why. Now I think you're gonna love, I love this. this. The word "think" is wrong. That's a program. Mm. Feel mm. when we feel in terms like just saying that. All of a sudden, I'm aware that I'm kind of I've got a chill. It's cold in the air, and I love it. I'm aware of new things that I wasn't aware of when I was thinking. Right. Right. So, lots of meditation has been the catalyst for understanding that the government is the problem because it's controlled by the wicked who strive to control. And now, this whole depopulation agenda that's been in, in the works forever, this mind control agenda, we are rising up out of this and their struggle. And they are very well defined. David Martin laid them all out on paper, names, all that stuff. There is a they. And they have always been in charge for hundreds and hundreds of years. And now we're starting to see past them and we're starting to rise our vibrations up. Faith and courage is the foundation of the next phase of humanity, which is going to lead to radical
0: abundance. Mm. I love it. And then with your knowledge of permaculture and learning how that could apply to the individual, right, how we can change the trajectory, if you will. Yes.
1: Yes, starting with faith and courage. Then once you can see clearly, once you're you can feel this feeling, then you we use our emotions as our compass. Mm. You know, these the feelings of shame and rage and all this crazy shit that they promote if you watch any of the TV shows that are controlled by these people, my friends, there's two corporations, really just one corporation and one group of families that run the whole thing. It, you, when you're done with those shows or those medias or those news, you feel less connected to society and to humanity. Um, oh, another thing that besides meditation is plant medicines, which of course the government they made it illegal. right? Mm. They made legal the ones that kill millions of people per year. and now they're even trying to mandate and in some cases mandating the poisons, where they've made illegal, mushroom, psilocybin and ayahuasca and cannabis and all of these incredible, um, things that actually help us connect again with source. And
0: mm. I love that because when you say connect again with source, I mean, when we think of that and we think of vibration, we also think of food, right? Yeah. We think of, yeah. we are what we eat that old adage, right? And, yeah. and how that applies to clarity of mind, body, and spirit, So so walk me through with uh, some of the things that you're you're implementing um, and how you're, you know, able to really drive this vehicle you've just told me about to get others on board.
1: I love that. So there's a design science called permaculture and it stands for permanent agriculture and now it's kind of holistic for permanent culture, right? And Henry Kissinger said 50 some years ago, if you want to control people, control food. This was not just the ramblings of a nut, but it was the strategy of a psychopath that has met with every single U.S. president. Why? What made him so cool, right? Well, because the presidents aren't the top of the food chain. So then the strategy is to follow permaculture, which is basically following nature, And to design our lives on every level to fit the principles of regeneration and abundance that permaculture has figured out beyond the shadow of a doubt. I mean, Jeff Lawton's got a video called Greening the Deserts of Jordan, in which he takes a salt, flat, crazy, inhospitable place. And now their agriculturalists have found mushrooms. They've never seen mushrooms before. There's there's mushrooms. You know, the mycelial network is alive everywhere, but it's holding on by a thread in some places, right? Right. So, when we can help that and take the poisons out, identify the poisons and the poison producers, the parasites, and then we can just let nature do her thing, then by that alone, we will have paradise in the years to come. However, we want to speed it up. Mm. And we speed it up by thoughtfully designing our landscapes to be productive to be um, food producing and habitat producing and joy producing on every level
0: i think that's great and you know when we take we take a step back we really look at like how most people are getting their food how they're getting the information and it's it's beyond them right they're not yeah. it, i remember being a child and you know my father had a garden it was 150 feet. In length and fifty feet wide, and it was the wow. most glorious thing. And as a kid, he would show me how to grow food, and the importance of knowing where that food comes from, getting your hands in that soil, and knowing what you're putting in your body. Yes. Um, and it's just one of those things that resonates with me so deeply. So I, I'm really, really interested in you know teaching people. Now, you know, we think about basics, we think about curriculum children are not really learning how to grow seeds and we're not showing them how to grow food, right? These right. are basic survival skills. This is like human civilization. We're talking fertile crescent here. <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
0: You know, um, why is that in your opinion?
1: Oh, because it's the same exact thing. Every single industry the mind control has taken over. There's a document called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars written like 70 years ago or something. And it lays it out in great detail about how they're going to control the industries and therefore control the slave. Uh, Geertes said none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. Right? And and then and, and uh, Jefferson said... Um, the tree of liberty must be nourished from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants for that is its natural manure. Like what a great reference, right? And that's just how the world has always worked. There's always gonna be contrast. So when these psychopaths or evil, there's three possible levels, right? Hmm. And I don't know if I've ever expressed it, this before on a podcast, but I'm happy to share with you. And because I think about this a lot, <laughs> you know, it, through ayahuasca ceremonies or psilocybin or, or cannabis or just meditations or nighttime walks. I'm thinking about, OK, how does this all fit together? And there's psychopathic evil, which is just complete lack of empathy and understanding of the joy of life. And therefore, people want to see destruction. And that is happening. There are people that are that way. And then there's the possibility of evil, evil, right? And then here's how I think about it. We're in a divine game of our own making as spirit. We've created this game to play and we have to have contrast in order to play the game. Otherwise, we would just be vibrating, you know, like, you know, in the beginning, there was the word, what was the word? It was a vibration. It was a separation from the base vibration. And that word was the big bang, right? And then it goes out. And now it's that contrast that creates the friction. We can't have life without friction, right. like literally, you can't make babies without friction. So you, that it's the friction. That creates the growth and the desire, which is of the Father, to ask new questions and to want new things, right? So it's all perfect. And I love this. I've never had this is we're in the ascension. We're literally living the ascension by witnessing the rise of vibration throughout humanity. And a lot of people are focused right now when they turn on the news on the destruction of humanity. Mm-hmm. But it's all you have to do is turn your focus. And you can focus on the rising of humanity, and I guarantee it's a lot more fun.
0: And I, I love that you bring that up because you know, for, for me, it's during a time where there's the you know the proliferation of polarization, where we're we're looking and focusing on our differences versus yeah. looking at the commonalities that we all share, yeah. Yeah. and that being first and foremost this beautiful, wonderful Earth, and how it's important that we take care of it. And by yes. proxy, we're taking care of ourselves.
1: Yes. You nailed it. And you alluded at the very beginning to this idea of selfishness. Now, who is the entity that, that shames selfishness? Well, first of all, if they're shaming anything, then they're full of shit. Like, that's how you can tell when somebody is unconscious. If they're trying to use shame mm-hmm. to manipulate, right? Well, they're, they're the communists, right? They're the people who don't, who want to, who are the what we would call selfish, right? They're the mm. greedy people who care not about in any individual. They only care about their own
0: mm.
1: greed and power and abundance, right? So it's funny how the most selfish people are the ones that are calling everybody else selfish. But the truth of the matter is there's no possible way not to be selfish because we are self. Like everything mm. starts from in this experience of Jim Gale looking outward. If I do anything, like Mother Teresa was wonderfully selfish. She learned that the most incredible way to serve is is, is loving, is through love mm-hmm. and through the joy of serving. So when selfishness and service align, when joy and love and selfishness align, you've got peace throughout the world.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And so how are you spreading that love through? you know, through, you know, food forest abundance, through showing people how they can have these, you know, self-reliant, sustainable gardens.
1: And and thanks to you, we're spreading the love. Like no. this is how we're doing it. You and I are spreading the love right now, resonating with a new way forward and demonstrating and showing how it's so good on every single level. And then uh, my joyful duty and obsession is to then say, okay, here's the exact next step, mm. you know, call this, plant a seed here, do this. Here's the permaculture process. And so it's really taking and reverse engineering the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Like starting with the end in mind, that vision of joy and abundance everywhere, and then saying, okay, what's the next step in order to achieve that? And then eventually, which is happening, it's already happened, and now it's just a matter of stepping into it, is catalyzing a shift in consciousness globally that leads to mass adoption of this most logical thing, the garden of Eden. And
0: in in your opinion and your feeling, how how are we able to maybe open hearts and open minds to considering these possibilities and seeing it, you know, without sounding like the proverbial, you know, tinfoil hat wearing individual that, you know, some people will automatically right from the jump, start thinking, start feeling, how are we able to open hearts and minds to see the benefits for humanity through this? I love that question. By demonstrating it, by
1: being it, as Gandhi said, you know, be the change and literally be it, feel good. And, and yeah. there's ways, there's so many ways. I'm a huge fan now of uh, Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna and Abraham yeah. Hicks yeah. and all of these greats throughout history and current and past who have just spoken about how powerful we are. We are source. We are God, we are spirit manifesting. And this idea of individuality is just our experience at the moment, but we are part of the bigger thing.
0: 100%. Wow. Yeah. And just that, how we're all feeling that same one vibration, but vibrating at, you know, everybody's on different frequencies at times, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. We have free will. We are so free. We can choose bondage. It's just Mm. amazing Mm. (laughs) to take one from, from Esther Hicks or Abraham. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, this is the time. So by demonstrating this and by like, for instance, if people get off track and and how do you know if you're off track? If you don't feel good, you're off track. Mm right if you don't feel inspired uplifted if you don't have a focus forward towards some kind of service that brings you joy then you're off track but that's the, that's the good news because now you know right so now turn the focus And start writing lists of positive aspects of your life. Start writing ways in which you desire to serve or to help somebody. And then take the step forward. Just the act of writing those things down and visualizing them will help uplift your spirit. And then actually doing them will be the next level.
0: Mm, Like that. and uh, Almost like daily affirmations in a sense.
1: Yes. And I like questions. Um, Affirmations are great, but creative questions, Mm
0: -hmm. questions
1: like, why am I so helpful? Why am I so loving? Why am I so free? Right? Because when you ask why or how, when you're asking of yourself, it opens up a new channel in your brain. It's like a physiological Mm -hmm. thing, as well as a metaphysical thing, right? Affirmations, I am so-and-so, I am this or that. It's kind of a done. Right. Mm. But when you ask why and how, it opens up pathways.
0: Mm. Absolutely. It's that creative mind going. Yes. <laughs> the yes. problem solving mind, which is yeah. back to earlier, you know, yeah. finding that problem and then trying to figure out a solution for the problem. Yes. Yes. And the opportunities
1: for this in business and in life are absolutely, this is the best time to be in business in the history of the world. Like, it is so magical what's happening. I mean, I, I've, I've got a story for you. So we launched a nine months ago on Earth Day. We were on the high wire with Dale Tree. Love that man. And uh, the few months before that, I had I had, had several different pretty neat situations in my life. I've traveled the world, and I um, was inducted in the Hall of Fame for wrestling. And again, it's because I created a vision of my future. Before that, I sucked relative to everybody in the room. But as soon as I wrote down and started visualizing and feeling into what it would be like to achieve the goals that I had written, then it was—it became fun to wrestle harder. It became fun to run harder. It was no longer effort. So, um, wrote my goals the second time I was twenty-nine, and I was dead broke, pretty much, at a few hundred bucks. And I wrote that I wanted to have three million dollars in three years, and my roommates laughed at me. They, they literally laughed and sarcastically so <laughs> oh. because they didn't grow up in that kind of belief system. So mm. um, anyway, three and a half years later, we did $1.3 billion in sales in an industry that I had no industry knowledge of. And then I bought a boat, lived on the ocean, and I thought I was pretty cool for a while, but I got bored so quickly. And then I started going through that effort. When I learned about, the when I read pilled I started going through that thing where I was scared. I, I was concerned. I was worried. I was struggling with the, how are we going, how are my kids going to have a good life? Hmm. You know, if, for all the parents out there, your kids, for most of us, I would die. I would jump in front of a car or a bullet or anything for my kids. It's just how it is. It's not, I think it's almost pretty normal as a parent. Hmm. Anyway, um, when I, Started not knowing the solution. I went through that period of cognitive dissonance where mm-hmm. I just, I was struggling until a year ago. And at, at that point, I had went from $20 million to negative in, $80,000 mm-hmm. in about a 14 year period. And, and I let go of all the fear a year ago. And the magic has been off the fucking chart since then. Um, I'll give you just one little example, and, and it's every day now. But this one example is we launched in the highway, and then I get a call. Now, I'm not much of a TV guy, but I've had my favorite shows. Uh, the Crocodile Hunter was my favorite yeah. show for like 10 years. When Steve Irwin died, I oh, cried. Like,
0: yeah, man.
1: <laughs> love that guy. So I get a call from the producer of The Crocodile Hunter, said, Jim, we wanted to shine a light on you. You know, they made Steve Irwin from a guy who had a little zoo to Steve Irwin. Right. Right. They said, you know, you're next. I said, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) And then two days later, I get a call from my favorite actor of Entourage, which was my favorite show for like five years, 10 years later. I'm like, what the heck? So my favorite producer, my favorite TV show and my favorite actor a few years back, they called me at the same time and said, let's do a show together. Like there's no logic or reason to that every day. That's what we're experiencing.
0: Oh that's wonderful. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So uh my surmise is are we talking about Land of Plenty? Yes. Yeah. All right. Land of Plenty. Can, can we can we elaborate a little bit? Tell me a little bit about uh Land of Plenty. So Land of Plenty is a TV show where we go to
1: different people's houses and we install food for us at their house. And we talk to them about why they're doing it and what this is all about and how this is beneficial and beautiful and wonderful and abundant and all these wonderful things. I mean, literally having a food forest in your yard is like (laughs) having the Eden in your yard. Like it's the odds of your family getting cancer are going to go down radically. Diabetes, heart disease and the money savings and the butterflies and the birds. Right. It's like the stack of functions. So, um, our Goal is to go. I'd like to go to Dr. Joe Dispenza's house, Mel Gibson's place. Um, Doc, uh, David Avocado Wolf and I just had a great conversation the other day. He's in for it, so we're going to go to these amazing people's houses and we're going to install Food Force on film and then we're going to share that with the world and it's going to change the world.
0: Oh, yeah, Dude, yeah. that's awesome! That's it's so, so much fun, that's so great. <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, that sustainability piece, right? You know, and how transformative that is when you're able to, you know, internalize and externalize how sustainable your environment is and that self-reliance. And when you're taking care of something. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know, and there's all these different, you know, belief systems, which is like Mm. I like to talk about the three B.S.'s, the belief systems, the bad science and the bullshit around (laughs) growing food. Right. Right. The the the, in the agriculture taught in schools over the last 50, 60 years is the most destructive thing in the history of our world. Mm -hmm. Right. This is monocultures that use poisons is the catalyst for massive pain and suffering and death, right? Yeah. So if that's the problem, then what's the solution? Well it's permaculture is a solution. It's using the, the amount we you know people that on less than an acre, even even far less than an acre, quarter acre, even tenth of an acre, are making a hundred thousand dollars a year growing food. Right? Now how much does a farmer make per acre growing food on these big death pl- farms, right? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a lot less than that. It might be $3,000 an acre or, or whatever. And now all this other shit's going on with the food supply chain. And mm-hmm. so, by the way, this is something I want to share with everybody. The short-term supply chain could be in big trouble. And it's time to, sh- to stock up on two things, three to six months supply of food and seeds and plants start having the seeds available. So if the, the, the tab does turn off, you can start planting immediately and that within three months or even less, now you've got some of your own food growing and available, right? That's, that's uh, yeah, I, that's my my one concern is, are we in time on this go-around to make this change? And I know we can, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I stay as conscious as possible so I can follow the messages as they come.
0: Right on. I think it's, it's great advice, you know, I think to encourage anyone to, you know, get seeds, start learning how to grow food, yeah. grow plants, yeah. you know, um, I, you know, not everyone is afforded the opportunity to experience food growth in their childhood. I was, right. I was very, very privileged in that sense. Yes. And I'm grateful for it. It's not lost on me, but um, you, you know, you're changing lives and you, you know, you're helping people see a different perspective. Yeah
1: yes yes and then um sometimes i get so excited about the different tangents as i go off on them i'm going to come back to the bs part of it
0: oh yeah forgive me
1: it's it's, no that was it was me um Mm -hmm. it's so easy to grow food like this is people think i don't want to be a farmer guess what i don't want to be a farmer either not in the traditional way or the new traditional way right Mm -hmm. in the old traditional way where you're just walking outside and there's just food growing everywhere and you just pick some like, that's the kind of farmer I want to be. And that's the type of food for us that we typically design our perennial edible oh. landscapes. Mm. Right. Now, right here at Gulf's Landing, we're building this off-grid community. We've got so many different types of perennial ground spinach. That if that's all we ate for the rest of our lives, we would be like the healthiest people in the freaking world. Right. <laughs> and it's so alive and abundant. Longevity spinach and Okinawa spinach and Moringa leaves, like mm. the Moringa, the tree of life. Right. And the, <laughs> So all that's all we had. And right now, just six months ago, we started planting these 2000 feet of centropic agroforestry right now. We've got so much food that I can go anytime with several people and I can get a meal, multiple meals a day, almost zero effort. We had to put it in, right. We installed it right. And we created the layers correctly. But from there nature does all of the work. That's awesome. isn't It's just, It's it's like, what's going on here. It's so easy to grow food. You know, and, and then there's all these ways to stack the functions of that. Like people have talked, you've heard of pruning fruit trees, mm-hmm. right, right? So if you have a bunch of fruit trees, it's good to cut some branches at certain times a year, which gives more energy to the fruit production. And it also opens up pathways for the wind and the sun to come into to the leaves of the fruit tree, right? But if you turn that, if you go out a few months ahead of time, you cut a little notch around that branch, put some rooting compound, and you could use an old tennis ball or a little gadget. You for a buck, you put it there. Now you go out three months later and you cut that. You know, normally pruning is kind of an expense. It's a liability. It's a mm-hmm. time consumer, right? But you don't get any, anything directly back out of that that branch. You throw it on the ground. Now you still get a bigger yield, so it's still sure. worth it. But now you cut that off, and now you've got a twenty dollar fruit tree that took you five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: is that scalable? What if you hired somebody at twenty bucks an hour or thirty bucks an hour, and they did that to I know you could do 30 of those in that amount of time if you did it efficiently. So now you just got 30 times 20 is 600 bucks. You just paid somebody 30 bucks and, and you know, and now you bring them to market. Maybe you do that. Maybe you make 100 or 200 bucks, but you're also becoming part of the supply chain, mm-hmm. right? which is so critically important. So so it's a stack of functions.
0: That's awesome. My father used to use tennis balls uh, on the pear tree in our yard. So, yes. yeah, it's as so soon as you said that, I brought me right back. I
1: saw that. That's so cool, man. <laughs> so your father's a superstar, man. Was, yeah, that garden. Awesome. And, and and tennis balls, did he use rooting compounds back then or did he just use good soil? I, I,
0: I think it was just good soil. He made wow. compost constantly. So he was nice. always just, you know, flipping stuff and add this, do this, bring this over here, wow. you know, so. And it was just this like magic is the best yeah. way I like I felt like as yeah. a, as a child was like yeah. this is like earth magic that yeah. indigenous people understood and honed to be able to literally live within their land.
1: Yes, it's and it's just the normal. It's how it should be. It's the mm-hmm. logical way to do it. And so that's what we're demonstrating on every level. And our business model is pretty neat. We probably got one of the fastest growing cooperatives in history. We started nine months ago and just in the last uh, three months, we've sold like 70 co-ops. We've got 106 co-op partners around the world right now. Wow. And the cooperative, our mission internally is to serve the cooperative. The cooperative's job is to d- install food forests for their communities. And nice. right, for their neighbors and so on. So this is a, it's a landscaping business. It's actually a little easier because we provide the, the food forest design blueprint, the landscape mm. blueprint. Okay. And then if you can just read the simple blueprint, it talks about the layers of soil and mulch and sheet mulching and compost and um, different amendments. And then it talks about exactly which plant goes where and it shows it all in in a blueprint form. So the business of installing these food forests, it's it's very lucrative. It's typically a 40% mm-hmm. margin, just like landscaping. And now you've got a job that takes three or four days for three or four people. And the owner of the business is going to net five, 6,000 bucks. Wow. While providing incredible value for the customer.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Quality food. <laughs> yeah. You know, Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, backing up a little bit. You said, yeah. Galt, you said Galt's landing. Yeah. As in, John Galt? Like who is yeah. John Galt? That John Galt? Like who is oh, John Galt, man? Baby? That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, the power <laughs> of the individual, man, right? And and that's what this is all about. So we're creating this community to demonstrate this and I have never seen a community like this. It's uh it's on a private 430 acre lake. We've got the only dock on the lake. Hmm. There's a runway to our east coast. My partner's a pilot. Um, wow. So we don't own that yet, but we're hoping to very soon where he can park his plane in his garage and then we're building a studio on the property um, and every day it's going to be my joyful duty and something I'm very excited about to show, to demonstrate how easy this lifestyle is, because that's what we got to, we got to blow people's minds as far as no, it's not hard. In fact, it's logical mm. to walk outside and be amongst nature and a food forest feels incredible and then you pick something here you pick something here and all of a sudden you you don't even need breakfast you just had breakfast just by taking a walk in paradise Mm -hmm. right and and then we're also in fact today we were were eating some flowers i did a little video um and uh, nasturtium there are nasturtium flowers i never knew i i'm learning every day i'm learning some magic and and Lindsay. um amazing guest. She's like, oh yeah, you try these, try these. And I'm eating these flowers. I'm like, I- I've never had that taste before. Mm. And it, the nutrient, the wonder, the beauty of it, and it's just grown right there. So we're going to be taking that stuff and putting it on a plate. The garnishes, the beauty, we're going to show people that you just walked outside this dish, which would be probably a hundred bucks at a fancy <laughs> restaurant or 50, whatever. You just walked outside and it cost you zero. Like just, in fact, the act of doing it was a net benefit.
0: Mm. I like that. What, what would you say in your, in your feelings and uh, your opinion through your experience for maybe someone who's feeling some trepidation, right? Like they're yeah. busy. Maybe they're a single parent, right? Maybe they don't have a lot of time. They want to, in their mind, they really want to grow food. They They want to do it themselves. What, what advice would you give that individual? I would say start simple, start with some plants.
1: Um, you know, if, if you have a yard, then start by going out and planting a little guild. Now, if you want to really speed up time, then get a design. We are fantastic. We've got 32 professional food forest landscape designers. If you have the resources, it's 797 to get a a, a design for your yard, um, for a suburban backyard. We can design it. Incredible. And then you can hire an installer. So if time is the issue, and you have the financial resources, then just hire us and we'll get it done immediately or hire Mm -hmm. some local Mm permaculturalists. If financial resources are the issue, then next time you take 20 bucks and you go to the store, buy organic food with seeds in them organic uh, fruits and vegetables right? Go on YouTube, spend a few minutes and learn how to propagate those. Then grow them, start to grow them and let them be your teacher and love them. And they'll love you back. I promise. And then you, you, so in other words, you just spent zero extra dollars. You've got healthy food, which you ate, and then you save the seeds. And now those seeds become new plants, which turn into infinitely more over time. Right on.
0: And, and, uh, in your opinion, uh, with like space constraints, you know, are you, do you feel good about like, let's say, hydroponically growing food at all? Or I,
1: I feel great about um, most ways of growing food, as long as there's no poisons. And I've mm. built a lot of hydroponic systems. Um, in certain applications, they're wonderful. Indoors, they're great. Thank sure. you to the can- cannabis industry who's taught us how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, because of course the illegal nature of that, there's just a, a huge, that could be a, well, there are documentaries about how crazy that is, but anyway, uh, and you know, I like to point to some of those, uh, just one thing. Yeah, of when course. You look at why cannabis is illegal. You look mm. back on how, how they did this. They, it was called, um, the devil's lettuce in the churches, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It was called reefer madness in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Right. So they engage, and it was at the schools, just say no, and all these different things. So they engaged the church and Hollywood and the government on every level. And, and by the way, the church is part of the mind control, right? And they engaged it. So this is the same thing happening now. And so anyway, I just want to kind of point that out for maybe some Democratic-minded people. And hey, man, when Obama first got elected, I had tears of joy because I wasn't awake yet. Right. So so there's no I was sleeping, too. We were all sleeping at one point. Um, And I like to share my kind of wake up stories and find ways to relate that, you know, and cannabis is a good way because a lot of Democrats think, oh, yeah, that shouldn't be illegal. Well, look at how the government did that. It's Mm. the same thing is happening now.
0: Yeah. You know, it's for for folks who, you know, didn't realize some of the, the corporate control on that, the government control on that and just how there was. More money to be made, having it being illegal, yes. and um, just the the propaganda that got launched around it. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to stay mindful and vigilant that these are realities. That you know, someone could be quick to say something is a conspiracy, but but if you look at the facts and look at it objectively, right, and and look at what is there with your eyes, and let nothing. Without a lens in front of your eyes, other than your own experience, right? Because that's that's human nature. We're, we're yeah. you know, but to look at something as objective as we can and, and really find out the the, the facts of something um, yeah. rather than just writing it off right away because it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, you know. Yep. So, you nailed it, buddy. So why do you, why do you think someone might feel a little uncomfortable about maybe bringing some quality organic food into their life and maybe trying to have this self-sustaining food forest?
1: So the question, there's so many layers of control and programming that to pick the one thing that's stuck in somebody's mind as to how they're programmed, I'd say the most important part for me is to ask the question, what's possible and what's the benefits for me personally, for my family, for our community and our world. Mm. And when we can start layering in the benefits, okay, for me personally, Growing food is going to save me money. It's going to save me health. And so those are two basic things that, you know, people think it takes time and that time is going to take away from other more important aspects of your life. I'd say that's a program because it doesn't have to take hardly any time. And the return on your time invested, um, I'll give you a microgreens, for example, microgreens. Y- y- if you have coffee in the morning, or any time of the day, it takes you, what, um, two minutes to do your coffee or something. You can have a microgreens, a 10 by 20 flat right next to that. You put the the little seeds on there. You can use a, a hemp mat or a Coca-Cola mat or even soil, which I like better. And it's better for you. Um, you can just put the soil in there, out of your compost, You spread the seeds on there. And then all of a sudden, 14 days later, you've got a harvest with 10 seconds effort a day. Just you spray it. 10, 20 seconds. Now you've just spent less time than you spend brewing your coffee. And now you've got a flat worth 25 bucks on the market, but it's not just the financial value of that. So you look at the time invested for your $25 worth of asset. And now you're looking at a huge, like unless you make hundreds of dollars per hour at your work, then you just did good there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right and then but that's just one return on investment the other return is your your helping the world and you're helping your health self be healthy mm-hmm. so in every way you're doing good
0: right on it's awesome what are some other things that you feel um you know and I, I think i when it comes to mind i think of you know even with you know the john Galt character you know i'm thinking of that innovation that self-reliance you know, f- just that that aspect of it right and how I see that you've made this congruent between, you know, that idealism, right. And what you're, what you're doing and achieving through, um, you know, through the food forests.
1: Yeah. Living and
0: demonstrating
1: it is I'm designing, I'm using the permaculture principles to design my life. Hmm. Right. And so there's a couple of principles that have gotten messed with in, in, you'll know why, when I start this idea of fair share, Hmm. right. Okay, so sharing, the word sharing is a voluntary situation. Sharing is when somebody points a gun at you and says, Give me that. That ain't sharing. <laughs> That's theft, right? So some of the permaculturalists out there um, say that we have to do all this. We have to, have to. I like changing that energy to, no, we get to. Mm. We don't need to. We don't have to. We get to because it's good for me. It's good for us, it's good for our world. In fact, um, we're our company is paying no taxes to the federal government. Instead, we're doing what the big dogs do. You know how Amazon, they, they're worth how many billions of dollars and they're still not profitable or whatever? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's still true, but I heard that a few years ago. Mm. Um, so we're turning all of our excess into putting food forests in public areas, at schools and churches and food banks and community land. Anywhere high visibility, that's what we're doing with our excess, right? Like a nonprofit, but we believe in capitalism. Regenerative capitalism is the solution. Mm. And then the voluntary, um, and, and we don't call it giving. We call it strategically investing because our goal is to change the world and to catalyze the shift in consciousness. So we're strategically investing for selfish reasons. Mm. And it's good for everybody, like incredibly good.
0: Hmm. Yeah, especially if people are benefiting from it and maybe even learning from it. Yes,
1: we're doing it. Yeah, in fact, so uh, Elon Musk, uh, he got in a fight with the UN guy a couple months back. And the UN guy uh, called him out, said, if Elon would spend 2% of his net worth, um, we could um, solve world hunger. And Elon wrote back to him, "You you give me a plan how and I'll sell my stock tomorrow. Right, and that was the end of that guy's bullshit. Guess what? I I did a video for him, and twenty five thousand views later, and now it looks like we'll be connected with Elon Musk because I have the plan to end world hunger and every all the rest of it, and I and it's very clear and it's very simple. With six billion dollars, which is two percent of his net worth. We could put million-dollar food forests in 6,000 of the world's biggest cities along with simple kiosks that educate people. Those food forests become epic habitat, demonstration centers, education centers, nurseries. In every way, this Garden of Eden in 6,000 cities will radically change the world practically overnight.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's it's an impressive impressive plan. I like that.
1: Yeah. And it's freaking simple. There's so many people that want to do this. That kind Mm of cash injection into this will of course create epic jobs. It's a layer of abundance. So Elon, come on, let's do this. (laughs) Or somebody else. If you're a billionaire, a hundred million, if you got anything extra, you know, go plant some seeds. Or if you want to get involved with us, get involved with us. However you do it, we've got the structure, the momentum,
0: yeah. What got you on that trajectory, right? Uh, just to, to want to, you know, obviously, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, with your feelings and having this, you know, revelation, so to speak, this epiphany after, you know, having your family, but that desire and that drive to want to make that change. What got you on that trajectory? Well, it was really the three things that came together at
1: the same time. And then the kind of the pain that I went through, you know, having had financial success. And then once I found out about this, I put all my energy into finding this freaking solution. You know, it's so funny. There's a book by, I think it's Jerry Hicks. Um, uh, And he wrote this book about how a lot of times wealthy people are people who made some money, especially if it's their first money, because, you know, my dad was a pipe fitter. My mom's a stay at home mom. So I didn't know anything about money um, other than I I vibrated into it because I had a belief Mm -hmm. system that Mm -hmm. helped me. And then my strategy followed it. So. He wrote this book how most people that are in this situation go to flat broke before they start making money again and i read that when i still had a few million bucks left and i'm like i'm not gonna do that it's not gonna be me it's like <laughs> i went to flat freaking broke and then it it happened when i let go of the fear and i literally went back into complete faith i'm like listen I am abundant, and I, I and I was walking and meditating, and I just let it all go, and I probably had tears in my eyes, and just it was epic. So then, Mike, oh, there here's one. Um, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. Hmm. Victor Hugo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I started asking myself, "What is the idea?" And then, and then, oh, Napoleon Hill's quote. Um, Whatever the mind of man or woman can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Now, those are just fancy words that have stood the test of time. Or is there something to that? Well, then you look at all the great texts and they all say the same freaking thing. So then I start saying, well, what's the biggest vision that I can conceive and believe? And folks, if you all do this, anybody listening, what's the biggest vision that you can conceive and believe? joy, and, and it it should start with, does it make you feel good, inspired? And then I started questioning that, and, and then I became obsessed, and then joyfully obsessed. And that's a very important little tweak from obsession, which connotes fear and effort, to joyfully obsessed, which mm-hmm. connotes, I'm just having fun, right? right? So it's complete selfishness, and I'm loving every minute of it.
0: That's awesome. And I think, you know, that to your point there, I think when you're bringing joy. It's it's an emotion, right? So when folks talk about manifestation, right? I think sometimes the the piece that gets missed or overlooked is harnessing the emotion, the emotional aspect of it into what you're manifesting, which gives that like, it gives that vibration and that frequency the power that's that it right. needs, that inertia. Yes, you know.
1: That's right. It's energy in motion, right? And to capture in permaculture principles, catch and store energy, right? So then we're, we're getting all this abundance flowing our way. Millions of dollars have been invested and in growth and all these different things. And then we're taking that energy and we're transitioning it from fiat bullshit, right? to actual abundance. Mm. You know, we've got a company that we're just launching called Grow Green Global. And this company, we're going to be the first that I know of to finance the installation of food forests and nurseries all over the world. We've got another group that's um, coming together right now to actually create a, a crypto a blockchain that is tied to actual food production. So it's going to oh, wow. create the food economy in a way that I don't know if it's ever been done. And if somebody's already done it, get a hold of me because I would rather plug in mm-hmm. than start start new. But it, it's, ha- it's all happening fast. And together, somebody said the other day, he said, Jim, have you ever heard of the White Hats? What do you think? I said, yeah, we are. We are. white hats. We are, in fact, one of the most empowering things that I've done lately uh, for myself and I like sharing is to take some breaths and slow your mind down and just allow it to relax and look at your hands and say, the future of humanity is in my hands, right? And when, when you do that out there, take a few breaths and say, the future of humanity is in my heart. It's in my hands. I have the ability to affect, in a positive way, the future of humanity. And then that is empowering. You bring that energy in, and then it just goes outward.
0: Love that. I love that. Where can folks find you on the internet? So Food Forest Abundance, we're getting out there
1: everywhere. Um, My direct email is jim at foodforestabundance.com. We've got uh, the website, foodforestabundance.com. Um, if anybody out there would like your yard designed or any property designed, we can design mountaintops and big farms. And uh, in fact, I just met and, and Joel Salton and I, um, we listened to each other speak a few days ago, And he's one of my heroes. Like I love Joel Salton and he, um, he loves what we're doing. So we're looking at bringing his method to market as well as the food forest method. So, in other words, if you have anything that you are encouraged to contribute in any way, get a hold of us. This is what we do. We collaborate instead of compete. Um, I'm competing with, not even competing, it's not even the right word, but if I am competing ever, it's with who I was a minute ago or yesterday. Nice. All right. It's And I've been a competitor. I was a national wrestling channel. I used to be hyper competitive and I've, I've helped, I've realized real eyes that it's better for me to t- tweak that a little bit and be like, okay, what am I really competing with? Is it that person over there just kicked my ass in something? No, it's how did I do? Did I do the best I could? Yeah. Then good. I'm happy.
0: Right on. It's important to find that, that happiness within oneself, Right. Sure is, brother. That's awesome. Well, uh, anything coming up that uh, you want to plug?
1: Yeah, just uh, I just my joy is to inspire you to take action, take the next steps, plant seeds, reach out to people, serve, serve, find a way to serve and then make a lifestyle out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, gosh, there's just so many things happening. Join our, our group in any way that you're inspired to do so. And together, We're changing the world. This is the best opportunity in the history of humanity because we get to usher in what's next. And it's
0: beautiful. Absolutely. It is beautiful. We're going to keep it in our minds that it's beautiful and we're going to make it beautiful.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: Um, be prepared, but not out of fear. Be prepared (laughs) out of joy, out of love, out
1: of, oh my gosh, this is kind of interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I had a, I had a wonderful guest, uh, just, uh, several episodes ago. And, uh, you know, he talked about when he was, um, when he was a young child and he was in the scouts that motto be prepared. And he asked the scout leader, be prepared for what? And the master, the scout master said, well, how should I know? And that was his whole, you know, philosophy of life that he, you know, implemented. And uh, it's just, you're right. Preparation. In in the heart and the mind
1: first. Right. And that's through allowing the mind to relax and just meditating, taping, taking naps, go do something fun. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step is to have joy. And then from there, everything's possible.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love I love feeling that joy and I love giving joy to others. Yes. It's so, awesome. Well, Jim, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a wonderful conversation, oh, brother. It sure has, brother. I, I love you, your energy. And thanks <laughs> to everybody out there who is still listening. And there you have it. I really enjoyed my conversation with Jim today. We learned about so many different things like permaculture, that utopian like food system. We even talked about self-reliance and being empowered to be part of a solution for our own health and our family's health, but also how we contribute to the world around us. I think it's great what Jim and Food Forest Abundance is doing and how people can fast track that process by getting a certified permaculture expert to design a food forest right in their own backyard. If you want more information on Food Forest Abundance, you can go to foodforestabundance.com. And if you wanna follow Food Forest Abundance on Instagram, you can find them at foodforestabundance. If you're watching this episode, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you can find out about new episodes when they come out. Feel free to share in the comments too, maybe some of your ideas or maybe some questions you might have about self-reliance and food sustainability. If you're listening to this podcast, take a moment and rate it. We truly would appreciate that. You can find us on Instagram at itd.jcosta, as well as on Twitter at itd underscore I can't thank you all enough for joining us on this journey. And until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.